Welcome to the Keras Molecular Minute podcast. My name is Shadi Nabhan, and I'm the chairman of the Precision Oncology Alliance at Keras Life Sciences. I'm a hematologist and oncologist, and I host this podcast, bringing you various guests and thought leaders to discuss the applicability of precision oncology and precision medicine on clinical care and clinical oncology. And today I'm going to be hosting an amazing researcher and individual who have spent two decades of his life just working on immunotherapy, immunology, at the time when folks were actually skeptical about immunology and never thought that immunotherapy will have any applicability in cancer care. Dr. Paolo Ascerto uh, from uh, Italy is again a well-known researcher, investigator, physician, and a wonderful human being who has done so much work in immunology and in uh, uh, melanoma specifically. We, we are going to talk about uh, some of the output of the research that actually happened at a couple of meetings that he started called the Bridge Meeting, the Bridge Meeting for Melanoma and the Bridge Meeting for Immunotherapy. He'll tell us all about this as well as the output that was generated from these meetings. Dr. Paolo Asciorto obtained his medical degree from the University of Naples, Italy, and then he subsequently earned his board certification in oncology there and then really had uh, many leadership positions at the National Tumor Institute in Naples, and just done a lot of work in that field. He has written in all major papers, New England Journal of Medicine, Lancet, everything that you can think about. So it's really a pleasure to have Dr. Paolo Asciorto on this podcast to talk all things immunology and melanoma. Don't forget to find this podcast on iTunes, Apple's podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, all major podcast outlets. Subscribe, rate, and review, and refer colleagues to listen to this podcast. Without further ado, Dr. Paolo Asciorto on the Keras Molecular Minute podcast. Well, it is really such a treat to have Dr. Paolo Ascerto with me on uh, the Keras Molecular Minute podcast. Uh, I have not had the pleasure of meeting Paolo in person, but I look forward to hopefully seeing you, Paolo, in person in 2021. Uh, for context and for listeners, we're taping this episode in uh, middle of uh, January 2021, so it will be airing several weeks uh, from now. Paolo, for folks who don't know you, have not had uh, the pleasure of uh, interacting with you or, or read your work, maybe briefly introduce yourself, where you, where you work, and, and how do you divide your work in terms of clinical research and the type of research that you do, and what got you into it? What got you to start into that level of research? So first of all, Chad, it's my pleasure uh, to be with you this uh, afternoon. Uh, my name is Paolo Scerto. I'm a medical oncologist and I work at the National Cancer Institute of Naples, Italy. I'm the director of the Department of Melanoma, Cancer Immunotherapy and Development Therapeutics. And uh, my unit is an um, oncology, experimental oncology unit dedicated more to research. And research means translational research and clinical research. With me, I have a biologist, I have a molecular biologist, uh, I have a medical oncologist, dermatologist, uh, nurses, research nurses, study coordinator, because uh, it's uh, a unit strongly dedicated to the, the research. I spent uh, 15 years of uh, my career at the beginning of uh, 
my employment here at NCI of Naples in the Department of Clinical Immunologist. And uh, if uh, today I'm involved uh, in the field of immunotherapy, of cancer immunotherapy, is because I got expertise for years in this field. And you know, we collected, uh, unfortunately, several uh, uh, negative results in this field. So I was one of the believers, you know, in the past year, a few believers uh, consider immunotherapy an important tool against cancer. And for this reason, I participated to the development of uh, anti-STL4. This was the first molecule that changed the, the history of melanoma. And uh, you know that uh, melanoma is my main interest in this, the, the, the kind of cancer that changes the mind about immunotherapy and after melanoma. We have seen results in lung cancer, kidney cancer, uh, and all the others with the news uh, every month, I would say. So my action is uh, more related now to the field of immunotherapy and, of course, from the translational research to the biomarkers and uh, the mechanism of resistance, because uh, with the mechanism of resistance, of course, uh, uh, we need uh, to know this in order to over overcome the primary and quite resistor to increase the number of patients with uh, long-term benefit. So, you know, er every time I speak to a European colleague, though, before we get started, I have to ask about your soccer and football affiliation. Are you a fan of Napoli? As you can see from uh, my back, my favorite team is... Uh, FC Juventus, and this is the jersey of Cristiano Ronaldo with his sign. And I'm uh, an atypical Napolitan because uh, my favorite team is uh, Juventus. Yeah, I uh, I used to like uh, Juventus as well. I remember the days when Paolo Rossi was actually in in Juventus, and uh, so I'm I'm a big fan as well. And I also see in the background, Paolo. So let the, the listeners know a little bit about you. Do you play the guitar? So I, I take a, a lesson of uh, electric bus. Unfortunately, are, uh, uh, one year more or less that I stopped. Then the reason is the time because uh, we need yeah. a lot of time. But I like the electric bus. Excellent. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's, I mean, you know, it's always fascinating to talk to someone who has seen the, the development of immunotherapy because... I, you know, as you know, I'm not a melanoma specialist. And, and when I was in training many years ago, the biggest question in melanoma was, do we give interferon adjuvant therapy? Do we not? Like this was the biggest thing in articles and papers and debates. And now nobody obviously talks about this. I want to probably focus on a couple of meetings that you hold annually. And you have a lot of presentations and research output that usually comes out of that. Uh, can you Tell us, Paolo, about these meetings. First of all, when did you start them? Why you started them? And, and the scope of these meetings. And maybe we can talk a little bit about the research output. So bring it a little bit to life to the listeners who were not able to attend. So the idea of uh, the bridge need meeting, this is the name of my meetings, that in general uh, are uh, held, held in, uh, in December, was in 2010 and uh, was after a discussion with uh, one of my best friends, Franco Marincola. Franco Marincola, you know, is uh, a researcher, 
clinical researcher and also translational researcher that worked with Steven Rosenberg at NIH for several years. And he's Italian, he's from Milan, but uh, originally from the south of Italy. And uh, the idea was with Franco to create a meeting uh, dedicated to melanoma, similar to the meeting that we, we have uh, in, in the same period, uh, you know, in Sant'Antonio that is dedicated to the breast, the Sant'Antonio breast, because the Sant'Antonio breast was born as a small meeting and then now is the most important meeting from the field of breast. And this was the idea. And also the idea was to create a bridge between uh, not only Naples, Europe uh, and US, considering the NIH, because at that time Franco worked to NIH. This is uh, why was born the Melanoma Bridge. And this year we had the 11th edition. And after this, because uh, in the field of melanoma, we got some important news and we got immunotherapy and immunotherapy then spread in the other kind of cancer. After some years, we created also the immunotherapy bridge. And uh, this was uh, the fifth edition and the immunotherapy bridge is dedicated to, the, to all the other cancer disease different from melanoma. That so really now we have two bridges, the monotherapy bridge and the melanoma bridge. By the way, I love the bridge concept. I love it. The spirit of the bridge is to create networking and discussion. You know, we had experience in the past year uh, with the SITSI meeting that, you know, and uh, years ago, the SITSI was called the ISBTC, International Society of Biotherapy in Cancer and uh, was named uh, with the new name, uh, if I will remember, in 2011. But uh, the spirit of the ISBTC and CITSI was to have this kind of meeting with a lot of discussion networking in US in general in November. It was uh, really an important meeting the past year. Now it's more and more important because, uh, of course, the field of immunotherapy increased with new data, a lot of new data. But this is the spirit, to create a small meeting where the discussion networking should be the most important part. You know, the bridge is to get new ideas and these ideas then become a project. So this is uh, the, 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 the most important part. And uh, one of the, the, the uh, interesting uh, part of the bridge meetings is the debates every year in both immunotherapy and melanoma bridge, we have debates. This year, in general, key opinion leaders discuss of the hot topic. And this year, we discussed of some interesting new topic. For instance, is, is, if uh, is more important the innate immunity on the adaptive immunity in the field of immunotherapy or uh, in the field of melanoma, if the triple combination is better than the sequencing. So, are hot topic that in general uh, uh, we discuss with key opinion leaders in order to have uh, an update about uh, this discussion, this kind of discussion. Great. So let's talk about the melanoma bridge first. And maybe, you know, I know you. there's no way we can summarize in a few minutes, obviously, the top things. But, you know, I mean, in general, I'd like to get from you your take on the top two, three topics and output from the melanoma bridge, and then top two, three outputs from the immunotherapy bridge. Let's start with the melanoma one. 
So as I told you, one of the discussion was uh, the importance of the innate immunity in the field of melanoma. And there was this uh, interesting discussion between Lex Hagerman and Jeffrey Weber. And uh, at the end of the uh, day, of course, uh, adaptive immunity is important because it's uh, the, the, the part that is more related with the long-term benefit uh, considering the memory effect that is typical of the adaptability of the uh, immune system, but still the innate immunity may be important. And Jeff Weber provided the interesting data about this with the involvement of some cells like neutrophils, macrophages, uh, natural killer cells that can affect the response to immunotherapy, can affect the, 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 the progression response of uh, patients with, uh, with, with melanoma. So I believe that uh, still innate immunity, it's something of interest and uh, still in this field, uh, uh, Jeff uh, uh, showed that is ongoing and interesting trial with the triple combination of ipilimumab, Evolumab and Tocilizumab, an anti-IL-6 that you know very well, even during this COVID-19 pandemic, because Tocilizumab is one of the drug uh, that uh, we are using for the respiratory distress syndrome. This concept, because based on the evidence that increased level of IL-6 can affect response to immunotherapy, is still interesting and we'll see. But just to say that we should also consider this part of the uh, immunosystem uh, in uh, our, uh, our research. Another important topic that we will discuss, so we also discussed uh, in the immunotherapy bridge is the neoadjuvant approach. And um, this is a, an important topic because uh, uh, we have seen that with immunotherapy, treating the patients before surgery. So when the tumor is still inside and using immunotherapy, we can have a sort of uh, uh, in vivo immunization with the, the tumor cells and then immunotherapy. And then when you resect the tumor, uh, you have a better uh, immunity that uh, can uh, increase the, the response to immunotherapy. This is an important uh, concept and I'd like to thank Christian Blank from the Netherlands Cancer Institute and Georgina Long from the uh, Australian Melanoma Institute of Australia because uh, they started together MD Anderson this concept. And now we know in the field of melanoma that uh, immunotherapy with uh, uh, Ancetal 4 and PD-1 may be considered the standard because it's able to give the higher number of uh, complete pathological response and uh, the patients who got complete pathological response are the patients who are in the tail of the curve, the patients with long-term benefit. So neoadjuvant is important for uh, two important uh, concepts. The first concept is uh, about the possibility to give uh, uh, adjuvant. Neoadjuvant is better than the adjuvant. Very soon, uh, we will have a phase three trial in order to definitely demonstrate this concept. And the other concept is that with the new adjuvant, we can do window of opportunity study. And because we, uh, since we have a biopsy before the treatment and then surgery, we can do biomarker evaluation. And this may be crucial. And this may be also be interesting for you because if I can, of course, compare what happened 
after uh, the, the, the treatment, if the patient responds and aware the cells that probably are critical for the response, if it does respond, I can see the tumor microenvironment that can affect negatively the response. So it's uh, probably the setting for the future development of a new molecule for uh, understanding uh, the, the mechanism of resistance. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. The concept of neoadjuvant and adjuvant and studying the tumor and the microenvironment pre and post is absolutely there. I, you know, the, the clinician in me, not the researcher, the clinician in me wonders usually after you establish that conceptually, we need a lot of studies to know what neoadjuvant therapy to give in terms of combination and what's the optimal combination. I think you mentioned earlier the question two versus three, sequential therapy versus, you know, I think there's a lot of confusion, I believe, and no clarity maybe to the practicing oncologist. What are your thoughts when you look at this uh, research-wise? Are you looking at how do you study the optimal combination versus sequencing of therapy? Many folks will say, you know what, uh, you could do two drugs together, but you could do them after each other. So you really, you know, what are your thoughts there, Paolo? So, you know, one of the strong discussion, and we had several discussions during the bridge meeting about the triple combination in the field of melanoma. And triple combination means BRAF, MAC inhibitor with anti-PD-1 together. The, the question is uh, if uh, at the end of the day, the overall survival can be similar if you combine, if you use this combined sequence. What we have seen uh, in one of the trials, the K-Note 022, is that with the longer follow-up, the benefit in terms of overall survival, it's something that uh, is more evident. So we need the longer follow-up to see different for the patients treated with the combination and the patients uh, treated with the sequence. Uh, we don't have uh, a trial with the clear sequence because the clear sequence is... Uh, to use uh, not after progression, but at the best response, uh, switch from target therapy, monotherapy. But what we do, of course, usually at the moment is to change the, 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 the treatment uh, at the time of progression. But still, from this trial, it's evident that uh, with the longer follow-up, we have uh, more benefit in the patients with combination. And this is also what uh, was evident uh, in another trial, the INSPIRE 150, with the triple combination of emurafenic, obimetinib, and ezolizumab. And you know that this was approved by FDA, while for the Kenoto 22 trial cannot be considered positive because uh, for the, the sign of the trial, the hazard ratio of the progression free survival was, uh, cannot be considered meaningful. And we had also negative results with another triple combination, the brafenetramidinespartalib. So, you know, is debated. My personal view is that I believe that the triple combination, because at the end of the day, there is no difference among these three different triple combinations. It's something uh, that uh, could be used in the uh, niche of patient. Which kind of patient? Maybe the patients with uh, symptomatic brain metastasis. Maybe the patients who fail the adjuvant. Maybe the patients uh, with the high tumor burden and a very aggressive disease. These are the patients where this kind of uh, treatment, the combination can be considered. 
because we should not forget that these treatments have a high toxicity. In all the other patients, probably we don't need to combine because we can reach the same benefit even with the sequence. And I'd like to mention my trial, the Secombit trial. Secombit trial is a randomized phase two trial that uh, is exploring the different sequence, three ARBs with BRAF-MEC inhibitor and corafinibinimetin and then epinevo as immunotherapy. The two different sequence, encorafinibinimetin and that progression epinevo or epinevo in case of progression encorafinibinimetin. The third arm, it's interesting. It's called the sandwich arm, wild sandwich, because we have immunotherapy in the middle of two courses of target therapy. We have two months of target therapy, then the switch at the response, not the progression with epinevo, in the case of progression again, encorafinibinimetin. We had uh, uh, preliminary results, and at the moment, at two years, it seems that uh, the sandwich R, with the first induction target therapy, and then the switch response, seems to be the best. So, ah. so with the sandwich, Paolo, you give the target therapy, and then you give the immunotherapy, even without progression. You give target therapy, immunotherapy, and then you wait. And then if there's progression, you go back to target therapy? Correct. Eight weeks of target therapy, switch to epinevo at response, and in case of progression, back to target therapy. Very interesting. And that's a, that's a three-arm trial. Actually, let me ask you a question. When you look at these trials that you are doing now and in the future, do you feel that the endpoint has to be overall survival or can it be progression-free survival? It's always a heated debate that progression-free survival uh, may not be the ideal endpoint. But in the world of melanoma, what are your thoughts in terms of endpoints? So if you look to the sequential trial, of course, uh, overall survival is the endpoint because you need to catch the different benefits from different sequence of a different course of treatment and overall survival for sure is the best in the point. When we discussing the first data with Ipilimuma, it was clear that for immunotherapy, if you look to the surrogate endpoint, response rate, the PFS, these are not the best in the point for immunotherapy in general. And overall survival should be considered the best in the point. But now we have uh, a lot of patients who can get a long-term benefit with the long-term overall survival. So if you wait for overall survival for a clinical trial, you probably need to wait years. It's now like in the field of breast cancer. With anti-PD-1, we have an effect also in the surrogate endpoint, PFS response rate, but still for PFS, sometimes in some clinical trial, for instance, in second line of kidney cancer, and some trial in second line of lung cancer at the neck, the PFS was uh, really not the best in the point. But having said that, because we need a surrogate for the long-term benefit, what uh, in general I look when I have a trial to see the impact of a drug or combination the long-term benefit is the tail of the progression-free survival. So it's not the median. Is the thing. Probably the PFS rate at one or two years is the best surrogate endpoint of the long term benefit of overall survival. 
What else? Uh, I know that we, you know, I want to be very cognizant of your time, I and mean, we could talk for hours about this. I, I, I'm learning so much from you. Uh, but what, what else do you want to? What else? Uh, anything else you'd like to share with listeners about these two bridge meetings in terms of um, other output? And then I promise I'll let you go back to uh, to your work. So, what I'd like also to to shortly discuss with you are two important projects. One was an, an old project, but a very important project, the Immunoscore project. The Immunoscore project was uh, uh, born in Naples in February 2011. And during the different Melanoma Bridge meeting, we had a permanent session about Immunoscore, and we discussed all the progress of uh, this uh, project. And you know now that Immunoscore is an important tool that we have in the field of colon cancer, a different disease as a prognostic mark and probably, probably we'll see in the futures if maybe also predictive for immunotherapy response. What we started this year is to have a permanent session of new adjuvant trial. I discussed with you new adjuvant in the field of melanoma, but uh, the neoadjuvant you know, is an old concept that was born in the field of breast cancer. But now with immunotherapy, we got several trial, not only melanoma, but also in lung cancer, in GU cancer, GI cancer, colon cancer, and uh, even uh, uh, other cancer. And it seems to be effective, not only melanoma, even this cancer. So we decided to have this permanent session still in the bridge. And during the next year, we will discuss more and more about this important topic. Well, that's really amazing. I mean, amazing the progress to, that you've done. Paolo, any final thoughts? I'm very grateful for your time, for everything that you're doing. I learn from you every day. But any final thoughts? Uh, open-ended question. The floor is yours. My final thoughts, it's, a, of course, a thoughts dedicated to the soccer. I hope that Juventus can... Uh, win the next uh, European Championship. Yeah, well, I'm a Manchester United fan as well. So we have a big game against Liverpool in the next weekend. So we'll, we'll see how that actually goes. Okay, well, look, Paolo, thank you very much. Happy New Year. Uh, look forward to seeing you in 2021. On behalf of the listeners in Karis Molecular Minute podcast, really thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Happy New Year too. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate you taking the time and listening to Dr. Paolo Asciurto. Thank you for supporting the Keras Molecular Minute podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And let me know how you are, how we are doing. You can send me an email to cnabhan at karisls.com and let me know opportunities to improve on the podcast, any favorite topics, anything that we could do to assure that we are meeting your expectations. And with that, I would like to wish you a beautiful few weeks until we meet again on the Karis Molecular Minute podcast. Thank you and stay safe.